All right, we're going to get started on Nehemiah uh, chapters 4 through 6 today. Um, and just for way of review, last week we covered the first three chapters, and um, Sherry brought out very well, you know, just the idea of thinking not so much as Nehemiah as a book, but Ezra and Nehemiah kind of combined as one um, thought and, uh, and and looking at bookends that way. Um, and then, of course, within each book, you know, we have structures to look at, but uh, getting that overall picture and connecting those together um, instead of separating them apart. Um, and as far as where we got to in our narrative um we at the end of three um we see that the people are um beginning to get like it goes through each of the sections and which families kind of took care of which section of the wall um to get busy and um we're going to see a little bit more in that um, as we go into chapter four. So um, before we get started on four through six, anything from this particular section that stood out to you guys, either as a theme or something interesting um, that maybe in other reads hasn't stood out to you before? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> just kind of carrying on some of the ideas that we pointed out last week. Uh, I think the idea of like the short prayer really shows up mm -hmm. here. Not necessarily Nehemiah saying, I pray to God before we did this thing, but there will just be a chunk of verses after something happens like, okay, God, please remember this. Please look down on our affliction. And he writes it in the book, like just puts a prayer in there, which I think is really cool and something um, that kind of surprised me when I was reading through it. I read through it and then I listened through it <clears throat> because I have a tendency to skim. And mm -hmm. so that really helped. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing I picked up on, and we can talk about it a lot more in depth when we get to chapter five, is how <clears throat> even though the people have returned and the temple's rebuilt and they're working on the wall, their hearts still haven't completely turned back and they're still doing things that are against the old law. And I say that, but they may not have even known it because they weren't familiar with the law. And so I'm really excited to talk about just the kind of parallels between this and then the end of Ezra, how they're right. willing to turn back once they realize they're not following the law. Okay. Sherry, anything for you? Um, just sort of the, the contrast um, with studying it, it. This has brought it out to me more, um, studying it as one book. Mm -hmm. um, the contrast between how the people react at the beginning when they're sort of thwarted by their enemies and they just sort of fold up shop and say okay i guess we're not doing this for a while and um now when they're building the wall um and i think it has to do with nehemiah mm -hmm. i think he's just determined we're going to do this thing mm -hmm. and come what may buck up and we're going to do this thing yeah um uh and there's significant reasons for them to be um, discouraged mm -hmm. and for them to be um, uh, afraid to move forward with it. I mean, it's a significant, you know, threat. Mm -hmm. um, but um, but instead of just going, okay, well, I guess we're not doing this, um, 
they just are like, no, we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, so reminiscent to me of Joshua and, you know, at the end, end of the book of Joshua, you know, that phrase that everybody has on the front of their door and um, all over their house. Mm-hmm. But, but truly, the kind of person that it, it's not just a phrase when they say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I, Nehemiah mm-hmm. seems to have that same spirit of, look, you, you make your decision for you. Like, we're going to get after this mm-hmm. with whoever, the goldsmith, the perfumer. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to have the best of the best of you know, builders, but we're going to work with what we got and we're going to get after it. Mm-hmm. And there is something very encouraging and inspiring about that, you know. Um, and in my mundane world, it's, you know, like getting things picked up around the house. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> look, I mean, we're doing this. Like, I'm, you know, you mm-hmm. can either sit down and watch the rest of us do it. <laughs> but really, it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is encouraging. I mean, I know it sounds trite, but... Mm-hmm. But truly, in our own personal lives, to you know, like, what excuse do we have? So, anyway, it's very encouraging from that aspect. All right. Um, and just to note, um, Elizabeth, you had mentioned, um, you know, listening to it is helpful for you because, you know, sometimes we have the temptation to just kind of skim through, especially more familiar parts of the Bible. And one of the things that I wanted to remember to mention here is... Um, commentary that's very helpful for me is the Waldron series. Mm-hmm. And I was talking before we um, hit the record button, just the appreciation for the simplicity of reading a section and kind of rewriting it sort of in my own words and mm-hmm. in a way that I could explain it to someone else. And, and Brother Waldron and Sister Waldron do a beautiful job of that. So I just wanted to recommend that if somebody was looking for, you know, something that might be helpful that's not overwhelming it's not academic. Um, it's just very straightforward and kind of helps put yeah. pieces together sometimes. And just FYI for uh, people at Northwood, um, uh, I've been going through the library and kind of helping organize things. We have a ton of Waldron books back there. So if okay. you're wanting to look at one particular book and you don't want to buy it, go back in the library and there's a bunch of them back there. Perfect. I'm pretty sure there's... At least one copy of each one, and probably like several yeah. copies of each one. You could probably just have and yeah. read it. Okay, so. fantastic. <clears throat> Thank you for mentioning that. Okay, I'm going to get started on chapter four, and uh, we'll move on from there. Now, it came about that when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he came. He became furious and very angry and mocked the Jews. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Now Tobiah, the Ammonite, was near him, and he said, Even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, he would break their stone wall down. Here... O our God, and how we are despaired, return their approach on their own heads and give them up for plunder in a land of captivity. Do not forgive their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out before you, for they have demoralized the builders. So we built the wall, and the whole wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Now when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ash. Ash- Ashdodites 
heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. All of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. But we prayed to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. Thus in Judah it was said, The strength of the burden bearers is is failing, yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Our enemies said they will not know or see until we come among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. When the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, they will come up against us from every place where you may turn. Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall and exposed the wall, the exposed places. And I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his work. From that day on, half of my servants carried on the work, while half of them held the spears, the shields, the bows, the breastplates, and the captains were behind the whole house of Judah. Those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens to their took their load with one hand doing the work and the other holding a weapon. As for the builders, each wore his sword girded at his side as he built, while the trumpeter stood near me. I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, The work is great and extensive, and we are separated on the wall, far from one another. At whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we carried on the work with half of them holding spears from dawn until the stars appeared. At that time, I also said to the people, Let each man with his servants spend the night within Jerusalem, so that they may be a guard for us by night and a laborer by day. So neither I, my brothers, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us removed our clothes. Each took his weapon, even to the water. Okay, um, Cherry, do you mind walking through the narrative with us? Um, yeah, so... Um... It starts out with opposition from the very get-go. Um, it seems like um, they're um, discouraged already because it seems like such a monumental task. Mm-hmm. And then the enemies are, you know, sort of trying to goad them as well. Um, uh, and this is the first attempt. The first attempt is sort of like just to make fun of them and say, oh, "This wall." You're, you're not going to be able to do it. It's pathetic. Right. And I, I've always wondered, like, uh, he talks about, um, uh, he talks about, uh, will, the revi- will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burn the ones at that? I'm like, so what if a stone is burned? <laughs> like, that doesn't really affect it. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Yeah. It looks bad, but, you know, right. now, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what. But anyway... Um, um, uh, so they get the wall done halfway, which is pretty significant. Um, and it, it, of course, 
you know, this is one of the most famous verses from Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. For the people had a mind to work. Mm-hmm. They just said, okay, we're getting this done. Um, uh, it's the same people, um, the same three people that are mentioned here as sort of the ringleaders of the, of the opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see that all the way through. We'll see that all the way through. And, the, and Tobiah, particularly pay attention to him because mm-hmm. he's going to try to... Um, be subversive from the inside right and um, um, that's sort of what it's going to take um, it, it doesn't work but but um, but mostly because Nehem, uh, because Nehemiah is there to say uh-uh no mm-hmm. you're not doing that um, um, it seems like they um, they ha- at one point they had to once they got the wall halfway done they had to stop and actually defend themselves mm-hmm. Like everyone had to just defend themselves, and these are people that aren't warriors. They're right. just people with their, you know, with a sword because everybody's got a sword, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, and even to the point where they have to make sure that at the end of the day they all spend the night inside the wall because it's, it's only halfway built, but at least it's up high enough that it can sort of provide it's a barrier. Kind of, right. Yeah, and, um, and they don't let anyone stay outside the wall. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, those that are, that are actually um, uh, warriors um, who are guards um, have to protect them through the night and then you know, Nehemiah says, we didn't even take our clothes off. We just, mm-hmm. we just stayed up all night protecting, yeah. <laughs> protecting the wall, which is, which is pretty impressive. Um, but, um, and it's also impressive that we, that they, they, while they were building the wall, they were having to arm themselves and build at the same time, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is, which is, you know, significantly difficult to do to build with one hand and hold your sword with the other right it's yeah um and i'm guessing that they did have to some uh, at times rally to one side of the wall or the other depending on where they were being attacked because they were far farther apart they were kind of spread out um so nehemiah had to um sort of coordinate that and um and I think it's just impressive that they were able to do that and still, and still, make progress. Right. Well, you're so. In verse, mm-hmm. let's see, where he starts giving, or Nehemiah starts giving his speech to them. Ah, verse fourteen. That's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And again, it, to me, stands out the impressive nature of a leader who is is getting them focused in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about uh, you know how how great they can fight. <laughs> it's right. you know, remember what this is for, and remember who this is for for God and for mm-hmm. your your family, you know? Um, so anyway, I just appreciate seeing that style of leadership, if you will, to get them. It's almost, it's kind of like that slap in the face. Sometimes we need of like, Hey, 
focus, you know, mm-hmm. like right. do not lose sight yeah. of what's, what's going on. Um, the other thing that I, 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 at verse 12, where it says, at the time the Jews who lived near them called from all directions and said to us 10 times, you must return to us. That's what it says in the ESV. I looked it up in different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a note in the ESV saying, um, this is really hard to translate, so we're not quite sure what it means. But it seems to me like um, uh, what it means is that um, even the Jews who lived around there, mm-hmm. not the ones working on the wall, obviously, but the other ones were saying, uh, uh, <laughs> You're surrounded. Yeah. So um, they were discouraged. And um, I just think it, it, the context has to determine what it what it means. And mm-hmm. I think what it means is that uh, that those in the countryside around them who weren't actually doing working on the wall um, uh, trying to give them a heads were up. trying to, yeah, we're trying to give them a heads up and say, hey, look, you know, you're being surrounded. Maybe, maybe you ought to rethink this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they were basically saying they're 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 all around you, so mm-hmm. you're kind of surrounded. So, which to me, yeah. just personally, that would serve as a greater um, discouragement, right? Than somebody that I know is my enemy, right? Is when a friend comes up and goes, "Hey, <laughs> look." understand yeah. like this is not like I don't think this is going to work <laughs> right. you know, exactly. that's, nice try but right yeah yeah that's more disturbing yeah that's the, that's probably more discouraging than the fact that they had enemies after them than they had Jews who were actually discouraging them because they were discouraged and they were saying eh, I don't think this is going to work yeah um so anyway Okay, I got a hot take on that, but I'm going to save it. So, Elizabeth, because I don't want us to run out of time. Go ahead. Okay, so um, I just wanted to talk about one of the insults um, where it says if a fox goes up on it, he'll break down their stone wall. I thought that was really funny, and I I don't know. We take the Bible, I mean, obviously we take the Bible very seriously, but there is humor in it, and I don't want to, like, overlook that. (laughs) Right. Because that that one got me. I don't think I had ever heard that. (laughs) And they're basically like, oh, look how fragile this wall is. Like, a fox could knock it over. And hot foxes are pretty tiny. So, um, I just thought that was funny. Uh, the, the main, like, actual thing I wanted to talk about was um, a few years ago, one of the students here actually did an invitation based on this idea of Nehemiah stationing people where the wall was lowest before they're attacked and really focused around this idea of standing in the breaches Mm -hmm. i think this whole chapter is really relevant to us in the church today because there are always going to be weak points in the church like every church is going to have its issues Mm -hmm. and it's our job as members to rally around the other members who are struggling with something um that's why i think public confession is such an important thing that we don't always emphasize as much because it's like it's scary but it's also important to know where the weaknesses is weaknesses Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. that we can go and help those people and then kind of similarly how everyone was fighting and building i also thought was super relevant because we're always fighting against sin and so we're having to defend against those sort of things while still encouraging and building up our brethren Mm -hmm within the church. So uh, I just saw a lot of meaning for us and for our work 
unparalleled in this, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, hot take is going to be on the back burner if we have enough time. <laughs> because it's it's just very similar to what you were saying. Um, just a, a, another um, shade of that, I guess. Um, but if we have time, we'll come back to that. So somebody pin that for me. Um, but, you know, return back to chapter one. I just don't want to... Uh, you know, not be able to get all the way through. But um, but all through Nehemiah, I do think it is so helpful. I mean, it's so easy to to bring out present day, mm-hmm. you know, uh, applications. So I, I appreciate you bringing that out because um, this is a great book for that. And, and very, there's just so many of those things. Mm-hmm. Okay, chapter five, um, Sherry, do you mind if I have you read that next? Now there arose a great outcry of the people and of their wives against their Jewish brothers. For there were those who said, With our sons and our daughters we are many. So let us get grain that we may eat and keep alive. There were also those who said, We are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our houses to get grain because of the famine. And there were those who said, We have borrowed money for the king's tax on our fields and our vineyards. Now our flesh is as the flesh of our brothers. Our children are as their children. Yet we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but it is not in our power to help it, for other men have our fields and our vineyards. I was very angry when I heard their outcry and these words. I took counsel with myself, and I brought charges against the nobles and the officials. I said to them, You are exacting interest, each from his brother. And I held a great assembly against them and said to them, We, as far as we are able, have bought back our Jewish brothers who have been sold to the nations. But you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us. They were silent and could not find a word to say. So I said, The thing that you are doing is not good. Ought you not to walk in the fear of our God to prevent the taunts of the nations, our enemies? Moreover, I and my brothers and my servants are lending them money and grain. Let us abandon this exacting of interest. Return to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, their olive orchards, and their houses, and the percentage of money, grain, wine, and oil that you have been exacting from them. Then they said, We will restore these and require nothing from them. We will do as you say. And I called the priests and made them swear to do as they had promised. I also shook out the fold of my garment and said, So may God shake out every man from his house and from his labor who does not keep this promise. So may he be shaken out and emptied. And all the assembly said, Amen, and praised the Lord, and the people did as they had promised. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the twentieth year to the thirty-second year of Artaxerxes the king, twelve years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allowances of the governor. The former governors who were before me laid heavy burdens on the people and took from their daily rations 40 shekels of silver. Even their servants lorded it over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. I also persevered in the work on this wall, and we acquired no land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Moreover, there were at my table 150 men, Jews and officials, besides those who came to us from the nations that were around us. Now what was prepared at my expense for each day was one ox and six choice sheep and birds, and every ten days all kinds of wine in abundance. 
Yet for all this, I did not demand the food allowance of the governor because the service was too heavy on this people. Remember for my goodness, oh my God, all that I have done for this people. Oh, I just, it's such a rich chapter. Okay, uh, Elizabeth, you want to get us started there? There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, so this is where I saw the continuation with Ezra the most. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of Ezra, we had like the people who had taken foreign wives, and that was not lawful. And so it was difficult for them to put that away from them, but they were doing it anyways because they had a heart to receive what God had commanded. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading through this, I was like, hmm, I don't think that's allowed. Like, I don't think you're supposed to charge interest on people. Um, so the extent of my research was looking at a footnote that directed me to Leviticus 25. And it was like, hey, you are not supposed to charge interest on the poor. Like, if you're going to lend them money. And that chapter also talks about, like, the year of Jubilee and the forgiveness of debts. Mm -hmm. So this was something that God had commanded them, like, hey, you're not going to put additional burden on the poor. Like, if they need something, they're your brother, and you're supposed to help them out. And that was something that... Mm -hmm the people had abandoned and it was just a really tough time for them and they had to um, like mortgage their fields and really just having a tough time and the the nobles, the people who were supposed to be helping the rich weren't doing that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Nehemiah comes in he's like, hey, I don't know if y'all know this, but but this is wrong. You gotta stop doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, And he kind of poses it as a question. He's like, why are y'all doing this? And they were just kind of stunned. But I think their response really shows this appropriate, um, I guess, softness of heart. We talk about hardness of heart, this receptiveness to what they had been told. I feel like taking care of the poor is maybe an easier thing to do than putting away foreign wives. Um, But I think still think it's really significant that they chose to do that. Mm -hmm. I also thought the little, um, I guess, the demonstration of shaking out his robe I didn't understand that one entirely um, I do know it kind of fits with things that the prophets had done where like they'll make a prophecy and they'll do some like sign mm-hmm. or just action with it um, I might put that on the side for Sherry to maybe elaborate <laughs> if you know because I, I do not mm-hmm. and then that last little section about Nehemiah and his role as governor I thought that was really cool as well because I guess, well, really with Seth's lesson yesterday, talking about how you have the right to do some things, but you choose not to, to help others. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he's doing here. Like he could have taken from the people, taken that as the governor's allowance, um, but he wasn't going to because they were already struggling. And so not only was he not putting additional burden on the people, but he was taking it upon himself to help them by having all these people in his home, providing for them, providing the food. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of throws in another prayer at the end, asking God to remember him for all that he has done. Mm-hmm. So I just think really highlights the kind of leader that Nehemiah is. That number one, he's making sure that the law is being followed and they're doing what needs to be done. But then he also has this compassion for the people. He's not just like, a tyrannical leader. He doesn't abuse his position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will throw this hot take in there before I throw it uh, over to Sherry. Um, just that, because it's short and, you know, to the point, but uh, in that last section where you're 
pulling out, you know, the, the rights and what you choose to, you know, to exact out and not, I, I do feel like, you know, that for us as Americans, that is something we have to work hard on mm-hmm. because it is so ingrained in us, you know, from, you know, for all of our lives that we have the right. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we have to step back and look and say, okay, we may technically have the right. Is it though for this other person's best good? And there's, you know, a lot of rabbit trails that I won't get into mm-hmm. uh, on that, but just to really examine ourselves in all of the aspects where that, when that thought comes to my mind, well, I have the right. Slow down and consider, is that the most helpful for my neighbor, for my brother, for my sister, you know, can, we have to consider that as Christians and not just die on every hill that's our right, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that is challenging, you know, for, I think for us in particular in our, in our country and the way that our laws are set up. So anyway, just appreciated you bringing that out. But, um, and I just wanted to throw that out there because I do think within the church that, I mean, like anything else, culturally, whatever we're dealing with in our culture, that's something that's a challenge within the church locally. So anyway, okay, Sherry. Okay. Um, so the, uh, there's a, there is a, uh, there was a law and like Elizabeth said, maybe they didn't realize it because they were kind of lax on what, knowing what the law was, but that they were not to charge interest on their brothers. They could charge interest on people from other nations, but they were not to charge interest on their brothers. And um, and it does seem like um, he's saying, "Why are you? What are you doing?" And they're like, uh, <laughs> "Why uh, would we not do that?" What? <laughs> yeah, like seriously. Um, but I mean, they were they were to the point that they were enslaving their brothers. Yeah. Like they were selling themselves as indentured servants and their children just so they could pay off their debts, which is definitely like not what they were supposed to be doing. Um, the the um, the verses about shaking out the fold of his garment. So I take this to mean it's like um, turning out the pants cuffs. Um, there's dirt in there, and if you don't turn them inside out then the dirt stays in there even when you wash them um and so he's like like a lot of the prophets would do they would use a use a uh, a visual aid and um so this is just like i'm i'm uh i need we we need to we need to not only have this thing be clean but make sure that there's no little things hiding in the folds of your garments. Right. Um, uh, or like, or like um, turning out your pockets, you know, mm-hmm. turning your pockets inside out, make sure there's no lint and stuff in there that's just going to stay in there. Even after you've washed it, it looks like it's clean, but then there's all this mm-hmm. crud in it. Um, I think that's probably the, the, what he's saying there. Um, so at first when I read it, I thought of folds like pleats. But it's mm-hmm. more like horizontal pleats, so mm-hmm. where dirt and stuff can get in. Um, uh, then, um, can I ask a quick question sure. on that? Um, 
It reminded, and I don't know if this is accurate, so that's why I'm asking. It reminded me of when in, in different prophets writing when they, in different, you know, in different contexts where they're talking about an airing out mm-hmm. and usually it is like a, a garment of some mm-hmm. sort mm-hmm. that they are, there is that, I mean, that that mm-hmm. theme is seen in mm-hmm. other places where right. basically like this needs to be a continual thing. It's not just a, like you were saying, kind of that same idea of like, oh, we'll just go wash it real quick. No, I mean, thoroughly get everything, you know, get it all aired out. And, and is that, am I, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Or is, well, and there's, there's also, um, it's alluded to in, um, in their, um, when they would clean out the leaven, they mm-hmm. weren't supposed to just get rid of the leaven in the kitchen. They were supposed to like sweep it out from the corners, make sure there was no leaven in their house at all. Um, and, and let, so let, let me, thing. yes. And let me throw this in just as a teaser for anyone who, of our, you know, huge audience of five that may really <laughs> want to know what's coming up next. But truly, you know, you have already alluded to this, uh, and it, with that comment as well, um, hopefully after Nehemiah, we're headed to Leviticus. And I just want to point that out because, Passages like that can be very frustrating when you're like, well, could we please stop talking about leaven? Mm. But there there mm. are so many connections throughout mm-hmm. Scripture mm-hmm. that are so helpful when you have that kind of background. Mm-hmm. But anyway, go ahead, Sherry. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, then um, I, I didn't really have any, anything to add uh, to the end of the, um, to the, I, I think um, Elizabeth summed it up really well um, with, uh, I, it does impress me that he, he, right, he reveals, I mean, it's total transparency. It's like, this is how much food we got for this many people. Mm-hmm. And so, just so you know, you know, we're not taking any more than what we need. One ox for 150 people sounds about right to me. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know, um, so, so, um, uh, one ox, six choice sheep, and birds. And of course, we're talking about 150 men, and you know maybe their families. I don't know, but um, so it's it's um, it's interesting just that he that he like lays out exactly how much food they're taking and says, okay, this is what we're taking. Mm-hmm. We're not taking any. We can we could take more, right. but why would we do that when so many people are in need? Yeah. Okay, all right, uh, we'll go ahead then to chapter 6. And Elizabeth, if you would read through that for us. Mm-hmm. Now in Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set doors in the gates. Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come and let us meet together at Hekepharim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. And I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And they sent to me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. In the same way, Sanballat, for the fifth time, sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. It was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intend to rebel. That is why you are building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. And you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. And now the king will hear of these reports. 
So now come and let us take counsel together. Then I sent to him, saying, No such things as you say have been done, for you are inventing them out of your own mind. For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking, Their hands will drop from the work, and it will not be done. But now, O God, strengthen my hands. Now I went into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, son of Mehedabel, who was confined in his home. He said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you by night. But I said, Should such a man as I run away? And what man such as I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in. And I understood and saw that God had not sent him, that he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. For this purpose he was hired, and that I should be afraid and act in this way and sin, and so they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. Remember Tobiah and Sanballat, oh my God, according to these things that they did, also the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month Elul in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem. For they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Moreover, in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and Tobiah's letters came to them. For many in Judah were bound by oath to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Ara, And his son Jehoahanan had taken the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, as his wife. Also they spoke of his good deeds in my presence and reported my words to him. And Tobiah sent letters to make me afraid. Okay, thank you. All right. Um, all right. Uh, Sherry, did I, I've lost track. Who did I start with on five? I started with Elizabeth. Sherry, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, so the, it didn't work. The military, um, the military solution didn't work. Right. And so they tried some other way. By now, the wall is pretty much built. They haven't got the gates all in, in, in there yet. So they can't really do anything militarily. So they try some other ways. There's actually three things that they try. First, they set up a meeting with him. Oh, mm-hmm. oh come out and meet with us. We, we, need to, we need to talk about, we need to negotiate. We need to talk. And Nehemiah's like, I don't need to talk to you guys. And besides, I'm busy. Right. So, I do no. love that line. Yeah. Sorry, I've got busy work to Sorry, do. <laughs> and then they accuse him of setting himself up as a rebel king against Artaxerxes, which right. is an old tried and true method that didn't work. The last but time especially they tried to in this, yeah. it is super absurd. But right. go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, because they... <laughs> A, they've already tried that, and yeah. uh, they've they've already said, uh, "Do you have permission from the king?" And obviously he does. So it's just a they're just throwing something up against the wall to see if it'll stick. Right. And then the third thing is to lure him into the temple under the guise of trying to protect him. Um, and so Nehemiah knows the law and knows. Bad idea for a guy who's not a priest to go into the temple. Yeah. So probably not going to do that. Yeah. And they know it too, mm-hmm. because otherwise they wouldn't. They wouldn't have, have done attempted it. it. Yeah. They wouldn't have done it. And so, th- the idea then is to um, sort of like what uh, Daniel's enemies tried to do 
uh, we can't get him on anything mm-hmm. unless he sins against God. Right. So let's let's go for that angle. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and and what the the Moabites actually did accomplish with the Jews was okay. Well, you know, uh, uh, Balak said, okay, well, I can't defeat them militarily, and Balaam's like, well, if you cause them to sin, then God will be against them, and then then it'll mm-hmm. be accomplished what you want to accomplish. And so they're kind of trying to do that. They're trying to get him to to do something that is sinful, and he says, A, I'm not afraid, mm-hmm. and B, I'm not going into the temple, because that would be a violation of, of the law. Yeah. And... Um, so uh, that it's it's just they're trying to just trying to throw anything up against the wall to see if it'll stick, and Tobiah is going to continue to sort of try to wheedle his way into um, being uh, being able to subvert just by you know he's he's married to one of the he's a son-in-law to one of to one of the officials mm-hmm. and then and he's got another connection his son is is married to one of them and so um, and we'll see him come up again before the end of the before the end of the book um, uh, he's just extremely subversive and it, it seems like he, he doesn't really want to give up um, but um, then the wall is finished which is in 52 days and I'm pretty sure their enemies, knew that God was with them because there's no way they could have accomplished that in that right. short amount of time unless things were going their way, mm-hmm. unless somebody was helping them. Yeah. Because that number of people who are not professional builders could not have built the wall in that length of time without yeah. the help from God. Right. And, yeah, so. All right, Elizabeth? Yeah, I just thought all the the things they tried to do against Nehemiah were honestly kind of comedic. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking about, like, this would make a really funny montage or something in a movie <laughs> exactly. all the ways. Um, I really did, like, all of his responses. Like, Nehemiah always had mm-hmm. very good, well-thought-out, obviously he prayed over this. Mm-hmm. It's not stay explicitly, but that's just kind of his personality that we've gathered. Um, really this idea of, why would I come meet you? I'm busy. I've got better things to do. Um <laughs> Again, kind of that humor seeping mm-hmm. in a little bit. And that happened five times. And then yeah. they're like, hey, actually, we're going to tell the king that you're doing all these mm-hmm. things. Um, which does seem ridiculous, especially I was thinking about his connection with the king. And right. Obviously, he's in a very good position with Artaxerxes, mm-hmm. who's the cupbearer. Mm-hmm. He let him go over there. Mm-hmm. He's not going to believe that. Yeah. It's It reminds me a lot of in Ezra where they're like, we're going to go tattle to the king. And then the king's like, we looked in the archives and, and they're yeah. fine here. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and not that it was this level of, you know, familiarity, but it's almost as if, Oh, Art, tell him, hey, you know, I mean, like, I just like, wait, I mean, you obviously don't know the history here, but um, he knows him a little bit. So, you know, just goofy. Um, was there anything else from your notes? I just thought that the temple one was particularly sneaky. And I do like how Sherry brought out that yes. he knew the law. 
he trusted God to protect him. He knew that this was all kind of a sham um, and knew that this would um, result in him sinning and did know well enough not to do that. Yeah. So um, I think Nehemiah's just personality and leadership really stands out in mm-hmm. this as well, mm-hmm. just in the way he chooses to answer um, the threats towards him and the way he kind of thinks through situations, not like doesn't do things impulsively um, where we've talked about just qualities of good leaders and obviously thoughtfulness is going to be a lot better than hot-headed impulsive mm-hmm. running at things but also knows what he's about and that's mm-hmm. the thing to me it's it's incredibly impressive um, under all the pressure that has come um, and, and you know every <coughs> man is going to have chinks in his armor um, I feel like we don't necessarily get to see those with Nehemiah. We get to see all the the really good points, and um, it is I very encouraging. Is funny, no such thing has been done for you. Were inventing them out of your own mind. Basically, you're dreaming. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. you're making. Yeah, <laughs> well, in your dreams. This is not going to happen. Yeah, and okay. So to me, and I know it's not. You know, within it's not a chiasm. I can't call chiasm, mm-hmm. but. Um, but the end of chapter six, mm-hmm. where, uh, yeah, then Tobias sent letters to frighten me. Okay. So mm-hmm. we've got the, the, sort of the bookend here of mm-hmm. him trying to do whatever he can, like she was mm-hmm. saying, throwing whatever up against the wall. And then going back to where we started in this section, um, in four, mm-hmm. where, you know, Sam Ballot, Tobiah, uh, the Arabs, the Am- you know everybody mm-hmm. who is uh, basically trying to discourage. Mm-hmm. It, to me, especially in the beginning part of this, it looks like you know what we see play out over and over is the people who get up and do something. Someone is going to look on and go, "Oh, that's not how it should be done," or "Oh, mm-hmm. what are you doing?" or "Who do you think you are?" You know mm-hmm. that kind of thing, right. and that's that is such a common theme, and and it is. I think, you know, well, I know there's a good reason that we have reminder after reminder after reminder, don't lose heart doing good. Don't lose heart, you know, staying after my word and and following me because there will always be the people who either out of jealousy, out of, you know, envy or just because they don't have anything better to do in their lives Mm -hmm. will want to scorn and discourage you from doing what's right. Um, and I just think this is such a great place to go back to when we feel like, you know, like, am I the only one trying to, you know, like do something here or whatever, because, um, because those, um, negative comments can come or whatever. Um, oh, oh, go ahead. still on this. Um, I did also want to mention how after this, he inserts another one of these short prayers asking mm-hmm. God to remember these people mm-hmm. and, what they were trying to do to thwart these efforts, which he also, he prayed about them in four as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also a good reminder for us in this context of whenever we're feeling discouraged, not only is that just something that happens and that everyone has had to endure at some point, but God remembers that. He knows yeah. that. And, you know, in the end, that's going to get taken care of. Mm-hmm. One of the other short prayers that uh, stood out to me as you were reading through is the strength in my hands, oh God. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, and I'm sure for other people too, it is to me it is most challenging to train myself that when I am feeling 
defeated like you know when sherry walked in hey how's it going it is a monday sherry it is a total monday you know but on those days to stop say that short prayer strengthen my hand you know and not just get discouraged and you know um turn to coca-cola and chocolate so um anyway but i i did want to circle back around real quick uh just because we do happen to have time which is a rare thing for us um in chapter four, uh, where we were going through um, and talking about, uh, well, going through when you were, right before you were making the comment about the breaches, and I appreciated that, of, you know, standing in the the gap, so to speak. um, I do think it is easy for us, especially when we, you know, are in a place, like, say we've grown up somewhere all of our lives, which... Elizabeth, you're not in this situation presently. You know, you're doing your school and stuff, and so this is not where you've always grown up, and Sherry certainly is not in that position. But I I know the temptation when we have been somewhere all of our lives to, you know, I I think about the, the Jews that saw what was going on. They looked up, and they were like, it's trouble. Because we know what's going on around, mm-hmm. and these people don't. They're, you know, transplanted or whatever, mm-hmm. and they don't have that knowledge. And so it's, I do think it's easy for the ones who have been around and been in this same place to look around and to get discouraged themselves mm-hmm. and say, but you don't know what these people are like, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that's maybe where, or we tried that and it didn't work. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We've already tried that. that, Yeah. yeah. That is a very common refrain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've already, you know, 20 years ago we tried or whatever, but I do think that is where we can be so helpful for one another. I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I, I, you know how you have these questions about, Oh, what's the rest of this story or whatever. And I do wonder the ones who were local, you know, and were warning them once the wall got up, what that must have done for them. You know, so the two sides of that, one, don't get discouraged and don't take it to heart if someone looks on and says, well, we've already tried that. Well, like, give them time and, and maybe you can help build a wall that they mm-hmm. have not seen mm-hmm. and help lift their spirits again, you know. Um, and then on the other hand, you know, I think the temptation for those of us who aren't, you know, in one place all of our lives is not to look at them and go, oh, well, they're old as dust and they've been here forever. You know, Mm -hmm. they've seen things Mm -hmm. and they do know where people, you know, how things are laid out. Mm -hmm. So I think the challenge for those of us who are, haven't been there is to go to those people and say, okay, tell me what you've learned like where are the places that we could do better? What can we try mm-hmm. instead of just getting stuck in that didn't work? Cause mm-hmm. that's easy to do. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you could yeah. breathe some yeah. fresh air. So anyway, so that's, that was my hot take that I didn't know mm-hmm. if we had enough time for, and I hope that's appropriate, but that's, you know, as I was reading through, um, that is something that came to mind just mm-hmm. personally. Again, Nehemiah just to me is it without for, it being forced without it being like, you know, my hobby horse or anything, mm-hmm. there are things that I think easily come out for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get lessons from. So anything else before we wrap up? Mm-hmm. Else? Okay. All right. We'll hit the next three chapters next week. Lord willing. Thanks ladies.